Hey everybody, welcome back to the J&J NY Baseball Show. Josh here. Very exciting last week and a half around New York baseball, as well as around Major League Baseball, which we'll get to later in the show. Lots of happenings for the Yankees, not so much going on for the Mets. What else is new? And some other, some other happenings occurring, but we'll toss over to Jamie for our New York Metropolitan Update. Well, thank you, Josh. Um, we'll talk Mets first this week. Now, for all our listeners and our fans out there, if you remember from last episode, last podcast, I was imploring the Mets to beat up on these mediocre teams. All the man wants is for the Mets to beat up on these mediocre teams, he implored. It's not too much to ask, I don't think. They played three at home against the Diamondbacks, three at home against the Padres, and three on the road against the Diamondbacks again. Nine games against teams that are 20 games under 500 apiece. Bottom of the barrel type stuff. What did the Mets do? They went three and six. Three and six since our last podcast against these crappy, crappy teams. And the road ahead is nowhere close to easy. I think the highlight of the Mets weekend was the Sticks concert. For all the old folks out there. Yeah. For all those Sticks fans. Yep. With a Y. Sticks with a Y. Sticks and an X. The crazy part about this too, Josh, is that somehow, someway, the Mets are still vaguely in it. Vaguely. Vaguely. Vaguely relevant. They're only four games out of the wild card, and I say only only is a stretch because there's a bunch of teams that the Mets have to jump over to get there. Above them are the Miami Marlins. They're two games out, but they just lost their big bopper, Giancarlo Stanton. For the season. We'll talk about that later for sure. So they could be trending downwards. Pittsburgh Pirates are still hanging around. They're only one game out of the wild card. But as as we know, they sold on the trade deadline. They got rid of Mark Melanson. And they've won four in a row since then. You know, they're still a good team. And they've beaten the San Francisco Giants. Yeah. They swept them. And so the two teams that are in the wild card right now are the Giants and the Cardinals. Cardinals are always... Those are the two teams that are always, always there. Yeah, two teams that you'd expect to be there, more or less, for sure. But it's also crazy to think, too, how far the Dodgers have came and that the Dodgers are now the NL West Without represent. Kershaw. Yeah, Kershaw. Kershaw has been on the DL for months now. but And the Giants have been reeling since the All-Star break. Yeah. So realistically... And I can't believe I'm saying this because in the back of my mind, I'm just saying, Mets, please, just like, let's get this over with. Let's move on to football season and let's move on to 2017 for the Mets. But somehow, someway, even with all this mediocrity, the Mets being a literal 500 baseball team, the Mets are still in it. Four games out, a bunch of teams to jump, but the Mets are still in it, especially because their upcoming schedule is against all these teams. They got four on the road against the Giants. Good luck. Three on the road against the Cardinals. Three against the Phillies at home. And then four against the Marlins again at home. I mean, it's crazy to say, especially because the Mets just went three and six against crap teams. But if the Mets win 70, 80% of these games against the teams that are ahead of them, come September, we could be playing meaningful baseball. Right. I mean, the only, I would say, irrelevant games in the Mets' schedule that really, really don't mean anything in terms of the Mets the, the and, and their playoff chase are the games against the Twins. They play three against the Twins in middle of September. I mean, playing in Cincinnati or, or Atlanta, those are games that the Mets could just six go five and one or win all six, and those wins add up. 
the fact well, that Well, even play, against the Twins, too. Those, those are three games that they should win. Absolutely, absolutely. But the, the, it's, it, this is not a difficult schedule. After the Nationals series ends on September 14th, the Mets play the Twins, who are bad, the Braves, who are bad, the Phillies, who are bad, the Marlins, who are average with the Mets, and then but the Phillies. But could be bad. Marlins I mean, could be bad by then. They, they, they have five series against teams that are not that good. They got to win those. They got to win those games. They got to win those games. And we said that last podcast, and what did they do? They did not win those games. They lost it all. I mean, they went out there and made guys like Braden Shipley, Robbie Ray, Zach Godley. These guys looked like all-stars pitching six, seven, eight innings of one, two-run baseball against the Mets. I mean, it, it's it's crazy because the guys that the Mets have, the Mets who are throwing out there. We're the actual Cinder- all-stars. They should be, yeah. Syndergaard, DeGrom, Har- oh, no more Harvey, Mats. These are the guys who we've been counting on all year, and they're just not getting it done. So it's hard for me to pick an MVP for the Mets this week. But on the MVP front, it's that the, the reinforcements are coming. Guys like Joanna Cespedes and Asdrubal Cabrera, and to a lesser extent, Justin Ruggiano, possibly Jim Henderson, coming back from the DL, hope, potentially as soon as this weekend against the Giants, which would be huge because the Mets, I mean, the trade deadline's gone. They're not going to be able to pick anybody else yeah, up off the else streets. Who else yeah, are they going to trade? Yeah, they don't have any other good prospects that they're willing to give up. And if they acquire guys, who do they get rid of? Yeah, the outfield is is jam packed, seven deep. Yeah, There's three spots. And they have seven of all of all mediocre players. So, if the Mets have a chance here, which theoretically they do, only four games out, it's got to come from within, and it's got to come from Cespedes, and it's got to come come from. Cabrera, and I'm not saying, you know, no disrespect to guys like Kelly Johnson, who filled in valiantly, hitting a bunch of home runs over the past few weeks. No disrespect to guys like TJ Rivera, who's batting like close to 400 since his, since his call. I said he should have made the Mets back in back March in and April. Training. Yeah, absolutely. Show them. Absolutely, and all he did in the minors this year was rake as well. He was hitting like 349. Three, yeah, 350. 11 home runs, 80 RBIs. I mean, these guys were, were valiant fill-ins. Not so much for Alejandro de Aza. Not so much for Ty Kelly. But those guys did a decent job. But if the Mets want to have a chance, it's got to come from their guys. And maybe even a guy like Michael Conforto, too, is back down in the minors. You know, maybe he can get called back up. and He's your version of Luis Severino. Possibly. I mean, he, he's... This year, yeah. Yeah, he is. This year, for Absolutely. sure. Especially when we know what Conforto did last year. Yep. So that's my, that's my MVP being a hopeful Mets fan for a hopeful uh, string, of, uh, string of wins coming from our guys. And that's really all I got for the Mets this week. I mean, I can't really talk about the Mets, anyone being a least valuable player because they're all been pretty it's mediocre. Yeah, it's collective. Uh, so that's really all I got. What do, you, what do you think about Terry Collins' impassioned, I've got guys in Las Vegas speech who are going to come up and, and do the job? Then let's see it. Right. He, I think I, so. He waited too long to pull these, to make these moves. TJ Rivera, not so much Ty Kelly. Um, I don't understand, though. TJ Rivera is batting 349. Many... Why wasn't he called up in the first wave back in April right, because when getting hurt? The issue makes no sense. The issues that the Mets had was... On base percentage, batting average, so that's their issue. Right, and it's not like Kelly Johnson, like no, no disrespect to Kelly Johnson. I mean, Kelly Johnson is not the second coming of Ioannis Cespedes. No. He's not the second coming of Jay Bruce. Kelly Johnson is batting 291 as a Met, so he is batting 
you know, he's having event. a great. He was batting two fifteen on Atlanta. Yeah, I mean that, that those are with the numbers that count. He's batting two fifteen on Atlanta. The Mets decided to go after him. Okay, fine. He's batting you know all well and nice since he joined the Mets, but he wasn't hitting two ninety one. And then they picked him up. Yeah. So and I don't know. On that note, too, how many starts does Logan Verrett get before he before he gets sent down? He got like seven or eight starts of horrible. Sometimes he would go out there and pitch two, three innings and live a, give up seven or eight runs. Do they still have they still only used six starters this year? Or have they decided? No, no. Now, now John Neese made oh, his first. Oh, he's fir- seven. So John he's Neese seven, made his right. first start of the season seven. last night, and he also crapped the bed, too. That's nice. He was really, really he's, bad. I mean, he's horrible. He's horrible. That's why the Mets were able to give him up, get, or get him back for another horrible the, pitcher in Antonio Bastardo. The Mets, as a team, top to bottom, when you look at the team, the, the, the baseball management side of it, and the front office, the coaches, they look like a team playing scared. They look like they don't want to lose, not like they want to win. Yeah. Sandy Alderson getting Jay Bruce. That's a move out of a guy not wanting to win. That's a move out of a guy saying scared. we need to make the playoffs this year somehow. I'm going to get the best available hitter. Yeah. Because Jay Bruce is not a fit on the Mets. No. He's, he's not a fit on the Mets at all. And the well, Yelton no, no, Herrera. No, no. no. Jay Bruce is a fit in the sense that he does exactly the same thing that everybody else in the Mets does. No, you Strike out a bunch. Fine. Bat 250 or worse. But he hit a bunch of home but runs. He's, he's not he fits providing. In, but he's not what the Mets need. He's batting 186 in 15 games since he came over. I mean, that's not good. Not good, it's especially not to good. give up your second baseman of the future. I mean, his, average, his average on the season has dropped 11 points since he came to the Mets. Yep. I mean, come on. That's not good. Dilson Herrera isn't on the Mets anymore. Neil Walker does not like he's the answer no, for next year. He's going to be the answer for next year because they don't have anybody else to call up unless you have TJ Rivera. Or Jose Reyes again. Who I don't knows? know. Jose's been playing. Jose's been okay. good. He's been nice. Um, but you're right. They look, they've look. they been scared. They're scared to not make the playoffs. They're scared to lose, uh, to, to, to give off the perception to the fans that they're not trying. I mean, it's hard to say because of all the injuries that they've had. It's hard to be competitive when you have to rely on your second and third and even fourth stringers at times. But this was this is the reality of the Mets this year. I mean, and it's been tough. Absolutely. No, nothing says it better than Curtis Granderson's stat line. The man's got 19 home runs. So with 19 home runs, you think how many RBIs should you have? At least 60. At minimum 60. He's got 33 RBIs. Yikes. It's horrible. That's really... Really bad. I mean, it's because he's batting close to 220. You know, like he's right. he's not uh he's not making contact, and when he does make contact, it's a solo it's a home, home run. run. Great. Well, that's what we got for the Mets this week. Um, <clears throat> as much as I would have liked for the Mets to either have been in the playoffs by now or make a similar decision to what the Yankees did and and try to sell and replenish and get younger, you know, this is the reality the Mets have. And with that. We'll talk about the Yankees, who I assume Josh is pretty happy about these days. It's been quite a week and a half for the Yankees. I mean, they just, yeah, you, you hit the nail on the head. I'm pretty happy about it. I mean, ecstatic is, is, is the right word because the Yankees look like a different team. I mean, this, this team looks 100% different. Not 100%, I shouldn't say that because they still have some holdovers. But the team basically did a 180 between the beginning of the year to now. Instead of having the older established veteran presence. The Yankees decided to go with the younger rookie. They want to be there, so they're going to play hard every day presence. 
And it's worked. Gary Sanchez in 13 games hit five home runs, 11 RBIs. In his last four games, he's hit four home runs. That's awesome. Is he, is he a catcher of the future or a possible DH? Catcher of the future. Catcher? Absolutely. Because he, you know what? He, well, defensively, if, if he's average defensively, his arm is plus and his bat is plus. And for that alone, he can stick behind the plate. Sure. I mean, for that alone, if, 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 he, if he blocks the balls and he's able to call a game enough, that, that, then it's fine. Then, he, then he's fine. And okay, he does good. the job. Aaron Judge, two home runs, four RBIs. Tyler Austin hit a home run in his first at-bat. Tyler Austin and Aaron Judge became the first pair of teammates to hit back-to-back home runs in their first at-bats ever in this, well, I guess, in the same game, baseball. obviously. But that's, that's really cool. I got I to gotta say, too, the way that the Yankees handled, handled these guys, especially Aaron Judge, we've heard about Aaron Judge for years now, about him being a top prospect for the Yankees. And Gary Sanchez, both of them. Sure. Um, and, you, you know, the Yankees who, over the last, at, at the very least this season, being a vaguely 500 baseball team, sometimes a few games over, sometimes a few games under, even before they made the, the trades mm-hmm. for uh, getting rid of Beltran and getting younger. Yeah, before they got the Justice Sheffield and Clint Frazier yeah. and Levar Torres and Dylan Tate. Even before all of that, I'm very, very happy with the way the Yankees handled their who they had already. Absolutely. They could have made a snap reaction, especially after just being the Yankees, winning all these championships and wanting to be competitive and rushing along Aaron Judge or Tyler Austin or Gary Sanchez or anybody, calling them up before they're ready, and they didn't do that. Or worse, worse, they could have traded all of these guys traded. and gotten Chris Sale. Yeah. which would have been an epic disaster, especially when you have a guy like Chad Green, who struggled this year. He came up against the Diamondbacks, didn't have a good game in April or May, whatever that was. Came up again, was was okay. He didn't have a good game against the Mets, by the way. Did not have a good game against the Mets. But you know who did have a good game? Luis Severino, in relief of Chad Green. But my point is this. Chad Green pitched the other night. It was on Monday night. 11 strikeouts in six innings. That's really good. That's really good. Luis Severino has struggled as a starter. In the bullpen this year, he's been a star. I mean, literally, it's the tale of two players. Luis Severino as a starter is, is, is horrible. Luis Severino as the reliever has been Chapman, Miller, Batances-esque. Yeah. He has. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that's, that's sort of the Yankees right now. The baby bombers are, are, are bashing. Greg Bird's on the DL. Movements. He hasn't come up yet. None of the, guy, none of the guys that they've um, acquired have been... Yeah, brought up yet? So they've got they've got more. I mean, this is this is the sampling. This isn't even the final finished product. No, so. and and knowing the Yankees too, by the time these other guys that they picked up, they'll probably have a guy by the name of Bryce Harper on their team, or a guy by the name of J- Jose Fernandez on your team, or a guy, by, or even make a trade for Chris Sale. I mean, they, right. they have the prospects now to it, get these studs. Right, and, the, and these guys look really, really good. So that's exciting. And they all get the MVP. It's a collective MVP bunch. Like, the Mets are a collective LVP. The Yankees <laughs> yeah. right now collective MVP. The Except. LVP, though, I will give to the Yankees' bullpen for their Tuesday night meltdown. They were winning 6 nothing. The Reigns came. Pineda came out. The bullpen came in, and it just exploded. Now, it doesn't bother me as much, per se, as it would in May, because the Yankees' bullpen, like Anthony Swarzak, I'm glad he's on the team now as, as a stopgap. He's not going to be... A long-term solution for the Yankees. Well, you need the, the stopgaps now because you got rid of Miller and you got rid of Chapman. Absolutely, but but that doesn't bother me though because they got rid of them for a reason. I mean, the Adam Warren allowing home runs, Chase and Shreve. I don't know where he's been this year. Like that bothers me more. But 
look, the Yankees, when the Yankees traded these guys, it wasn't expected they would make the playoffs. The fact that the Yankees have been playing so well since then is just bonus. But the Yankees right now are playing for the future. They're not playing for this year. Right. And, it, and as, you, as you're saying that, it's exciting to see your baby bombers, the Gary Sanchez's and the, and the Aaron Judge's, not only come up, but come up and play well. Like, superbly well. I mean, it's, a, it's I, a glimpse into the future. When Greg Bird comes back next year and Tyler Austin, you know, the two of them are both first basemen. Tyler Austin's going to be put in the outfield because the Yankees aren't going to want to lose his bat. Yeah. And Greg Bird is a really good defensive first baseman. I mean, just think about what's going on here. This is, this is a pro- these, these are good problems the Yankees haven't had in years. They've got Didi Gregorius and Starlin Castro, but they both had pretty good years. Didi's had a better year than, than, than Starlin, but they both had good years. Didi's been great. At second and shortstop, and those guys are going to be there the next four or five years. They've also got Glaber Torres and Jorge Mateo in the minors. Torres is the top prospect, was the top, I think, prospect in the Cubs system. And Jorge Mateo leads, you know, led the minor leagues in steals last year. He was the top prospect in the Yankees system. And those two guys are still here. I mean, these are good problems to have. So, and it's problems that will probably find a pretty easy solution absolutely. By, ways of, by ways of trade. Absolutely, absolutely. So that's, that's to note. And the average I'll give to, um, to CC for his outing yesterday, he struck out 12 guys, which is the most strikeouts he had in the game since, I think, 2012. It's, it's, well, that's a lot of strikeouts for anybody. But he lost seven earned runs. So it's either swing and a miss or swing and a drive. Sounds about right for CC. So also, Nathan Yavaldi is out until 2018. He tore his UCL and his flexor tendon, so he has to have two surgeries. So that's yeah, and 2018 really if you're lucky. Yeah. I mean, some of some of these pitchers. Zach Wheeler has been yeah, out forever. Two full seasons. Zach Wheeler is going to miss. He's been shut down again from the Tommy John. So I mean, we hear about some success stories, sure, yeah. but sometimes it goes the opposite direction. Absolutely, and that and that's really a loss for him. So. He's out, and Alex Rodriguez, you know, with A-Rod, it just, it never seems to go easy. A-Rod no. on Friday night, they had this ceremony planned for him where his teammates signed a base, and he got a framed jersey, and they, and they had the, the, the works for an outgoing star, and then it rained on him, and it didn't just rain, it rained as if they were going to start pairing animals from the Bible. I mean, it yeah. was a torrential downpour. I was actually driving down to Philadelphia through this rain, and we were going 15 miles per hour on the New Jersey Turnpike, which never happens. It was serious serious rain so his ceremony was shortened and it just seems that it rained on A-Rod's parade it never goes easy with A-Rod pretty typical A-Rod fashion he did have a double against Chris Archer RBI RBI double double. so he did have a hit in his final game but the Yankees decided to get younger so A-Rod's out Beltron's out come the young guys and it's, it's good to watch let's head to around the majors Jamie yeah let's around the majors I guess we'll stick to the to something close to A-Rod as well we'll start with the Miami Marlins Mentioned earlier that Giancarlo Stanton out for the season for what it seems like the third or fourth time in his career, season-ending injury. Um, maybe it's some bad luck for the Marlins, but this guy can't stay on the field, and especially when they're in the midst of a wild card wild card race, overperforming for sure as a team to lose your big hitter in the middle of the lineup. That's no good. It's it, you know he's played in one full season since he came up and that was in 2011 he played 150 games 2014 he was going to win the mvp he played 145 games he got drilled in the face on a mike fires fastball not intentional but even so he didn't play a full year that year last year he broke his hand this year he tore his groin 
There is an article actually um, by Will Leach on Sports Unearthed called Stanton and the Curse of Potential and talks about Mike Stanton and why the bat- most backhanded compliment you can get is, oh, he has all this potential, but he never fully reached Can't it. Can't live up to it. And yeah, At least he's getting paid. I mean, dude signed a huge contract. Yeah, but I'm sure Jeffrey Luria is looking at this team saying, this is the guy who we need in that lineup. You have Christian Yelich, that's wonderful. Marcelo Zuna, that's great. Martin Prado, Denny Echevarria, all these guys. He's getting paid so much. He was only getting paid $9 million this year. Jamie just points to it on the screen. In 2023, assuming he doesn't opt out of his contract in 2020, he'll be getting $32 million a year. There's some nice deferrals right there. Like, that, that's and, just crazy. And so the reason why I, bring, I, I said A-Rod's vaguely connected to this is his name's actually been thrown around as a potential uh, offensive replacement for Giancarlo Stanton. Now, A-Rod and his representatives have all said, no, this isn't going to happen. But he's a Miami guy. He is a Miami guy. He's actually on the board of trustees for the University of Miami. He never, we, we know that now. He never, he never went to this. And Jamie and I are actually discussing this during a... Um, a mishap. A mishap. <laughs> he, he never actually went to Miami. He was recruited to play baseball and, and to football. play quarterback for the football team. He donated $3.9 million to the school to build the baseball field in 2003, I believe. At the U. 2004, he was given some type of honorary alumnus status, and he's on the board, but he never actually went there. Yeah, so he does have the Miami connection that's for sure. That's living right, though. That's living right. Yeah. Another potential name that was, that's been thrown around as a Stanton replacement is Carlos Gomez. He was actually just DFA'd about a week or so ago by the Houston Astros, and what a what a failed trade that's been. Ever since the Astros picked him up, he's been a 200 hitter. Yeah. And this fits in with the Mets, too, because obviously, I mean, unless, you, unless you've been living under a rock, um, it was either Cespedes last year or it was Carlos Gomez for the Mets last year. And thank goodness that it was Cespedes because we know what – I mean, Cespedes basically put, a, put us on his back. And Carlos Gomez has been basically – Playing in belly flop fashion. Yeah, so much so that he's been he's been cut. Um, also, too, the Mets would have had to give up Zach Wheeler and uh, Wilmer, Wilmer Flores to get Carlos Gomez. The Mets had to give up neither of those people. I mean, granted, they gave up Michael Fulmer to the Tigers, who has been he's having an elite ERA right now. Yeah, he's so. having an unbelievable season for the Tigers. So uh, that's great for for Michael, but. Um, it's great that the Mets got Cespedes, obviously, and that they don't have, didn't have to deal with this Carlos Gomez shenanigans. Um, also around the majors, another person's been cut from his team, Jonathan Papelbon. What a crazy man. Yeah, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. And, you know, I think this was long in the making. I mean, after he choked Bryce Harper last year. Yeah, that was insane. I mean, they, they should have cut him right there. If I'm the Nationals, I don't want my, my prize number one draft pick being choked by... A reliever who's been on the team for about a month, a few weeks. Yeah. So I wouldn't. Have, I would have cut him then, but I think the Red Sox should pick him up. I think it would make the Red Sox that much better. Back where it all began. Three-headed race between the Baltimore Orioles, Toronto Blue Jays, and Boston Red Sox. John Farrell was his pitching coach. He that's when he had his most success. Yeah. I think they, yeah, they gotta you, make you, a move and get him. Pair him with Kimbrel and you had Tazawa and that whole bullpen becomes that much better, especially because Fernando Abad has been a flop. not right. He's, he's been a flop. He's, he's not been what they expected from, from that position. And I understand that Papelbon's a righty, not a lefty, whatever. At this point, you just got to get the best arms on the team in the bullpen. Yes. You got to get the best arms on the bullpen to stack this bullpen so that they can actually 
win games in October. Yes, absolutely. So. Uh, a few other notes. Um, Prince Fielder says goodbye to baseball. It's really a shame. Yeah. It's really it, a shame. He obviously didn't want to. He, uh, for those of you who don't know, Prince Fielder had his second neck surgery. They're actually fusing the vertebrae in his neck together. Um, and the doctors wouldn't clear him to play. So he, he retired, or he didn't retire. He actually said he's stepping away. Technically, he'll be on the 60-day DL for the next four years so he can get his, his finish his contract up. Then he'll have Big to contract. formally retire. But he's getting like $120 million over the next four years. So yeah, that'll help with some of the medical bills. Yeah. Um, sad to see, though. It is sad to see. Too young. Both he and his father had 319 home runs in their careers, though. It's a pretty cool stat. Man, I love baseball sometimes. But Pretty cool that happens. really is a shame. His teammates gave him a standing ovation. And, you know, good luck to Prince Fielder. That's really, really a shame for baseball. Um, switching to the Boston Red Sox, again, Mookie Betts. I think this guy's going to be the MVP this year. He, should, he very well could be. I mean, he, he's got 20 home runs and 89 RBIs. He has two three-home run games this year. Every time he gets up, he is so exciting. The guy... Is 5'9", 180. He's not huge. And he's, he's only 23. And he's hitting behind David Ortiz. I mean, he is the cleanup hitter on the Boston Red Sox. And this is a team of Xander Bogarts, Dustin Pedroia, David Ortiz, Jackie Bradley Jr. I mean, these are, these are Hanley Ramirez. I mean, these are like really good hitters. Yeah. And he's the cleanup guy. I mean, he's having an unreal season. He's having an unreal season. And this guy also, he's not even a right fielder. He started as a second, second baseman. baseman yeah. They moved him to center field. Then they moved him to right field, and he's just unbelievable. All he does is produce. It's I, just so I, cool. I think he's he. If the Red Sox make the the playoffs, he'll be the he'll be the MVP. So there's that this this thing that he and Jackie Bradley Jr. do, where every time I guess one of them hits a home run, the other one's on base. When they run the ba- around the base, is that usually Mookie Betts is on base and Jackie Bradley hits the home run that happened last night. They go home. Mookie Betts is waiting for Jackie Bradley. He touches on, he t- steps on home plate, and then two of them like give each other a high five, but they jump so high in the air. Yeah, I mean that in itself is so cool to watch. I mean these guys look like they're in the Olympics doing like the high jump or whatever. No, they're just having fun, and it's, that's what this is. They're playing yeah. a game, and that's what the Mets don't do. They don't look like they're having fun. Nope, no, they don't. At least one team in New York's having fun. Yeah. Uh, also, Dansby Swanson. The number one draft, number what a one name. overall draft what pick last a name. year. Yes, that is quite a name. He just made his major league debut with the Atlanta Braves on two for four last night. And the Atlanta Braves, I think, are very pleased so far with his 500 batting average through one game. That's not bad, right? Especially considering who they gave up. They have Shelby Miller. And that... He's in the minors. And that makes the Atlanta Braves folks look very smart. And the Diamondbacks folks look not so smart. Not so much. Last note, and we would, you know, we wouldn't be able to call ourselves true baseball reporters if we didn't, uh, if we didn't talk about this. Tim Tebow thinking about uh, making the switch over to baseball. He hasn't played baseball since his junior year of high school. Jamie, do you buy or sell Tim Tebow as a major leaguer? No, I sell this for sure. Absolutely. Not even close. I mean, would it be cool? Maybe. I mean, but other, you know, there's only a handful of players who, in history, who have made a switch from one sport to baseball and done it successfully. And we're talking about Bo Jackson, to a degree, Deion Sanders, but he wasn't that great. Michael Jordan, he didn't make it out of the minors. Right. 
I mean, maybe Tim Tebow's looking just for a minor league gig, you know? Like, maybe that's maybe that's what he wants. It's kind of like when Tracy McGrady went from basketball and he pitched for the Sugarland oh, Skiers yeah. in the Atlantic League. Yeah, T-Mac. I mean, it's kind of, kind of of that ilk. He was an all-star, by the way. But Tim Tebow has already received two contract offers from the Schaumburg Boomers of the Frontier League and the Southern Maryland Blue Crabs in the Atlantic League. I mean, that would be really cool if it worked out for him. I just don't see it working out for him to be away from the game. Look, he's an athlete, but he's been away from the game for 11 years. He's been away from all sports for so many years, too. He hasn't played football in years right. as well. I mean, it's going to take more It's going to take more than just a tryout and an, and an announcement to solidify him as a major leaguer. I mean, if he plays for one of these independent leagues, and the next year you come back to us and say, Tim Tebow batted 294 with seven home runs and 31 RBIs, and... The Yankees are looking at him as a potential single-A player. Like, okay, maybe. But right now, I don't see this working out for him. Especially because he's getting, he's not like a 22-year-old, you know? No. He's, he's up there. But how many first-round draft picks in the NFL flame out and then head to baseball? Can't imagine too many. So, so that's what we got this week. Uh, I would love to, uh, you know, obviously hear about what your thoughts are. Especially as the baseball season's winding down, middle of August, dog days of summer. Indeed. You know, hopefully uh, the Mets and the Yankees will have some meaningful baseball games to play in the month of September. Uh, but until then, nybaseballshow at gmail, gmail.com, excuse me. Obviously, give us a like on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at nybaseballshow. Look out for us on Twitter next week. We'll actually be off as Jamie is traveling. But our Twitter is never off, so follow us there, and we'll have some good baseball banter with the web. Tell your friends. Tell everybody. Until next time, folks.